0: All right, here we go. Episode 9 and 10 of Mozart in the Jungle. Haley, she's got her own journey, and then we got Rodrigo with his own journey. And I, as a person, as a human, don't even know what to make of it sometimes. I love when we have the intersection of creativity, but then also the human interaction of love and how you move on from that. And out of all the After Buzz shows that I've ever done... Uh, Mozart in the Jungle just takes me to a certain place And I'm very glad that we're going to take you to the end Season uh, 4, episode 9 and 10 Let's get into the after show right now You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion After Buzz TV
1: And now, let the buzz begin Ah The familiar song
0: Take it in a little bit. Take it in a little bit.
1: Uh, (laughs) I'm a little sad.
0: Absolutely. How could you not be anybody who was invested in this show from season one and where it went? Season two, uh, three, and four. Four was that healthy mix of relationship also that we Mm. hadn't really seen. Mm -hmm. Uh, So much of it in the earlier seasons were... Uh, you know, how we negotiate creativity with the business side of it, and sometimes art does get compromised in that way. So when you have all of those elements that we love from season one, two, and three, and then you mix them together with a relationship, (laughs) almost challenging to watch because it was so darn good. Uh, One of the favorite shows that I enjoy doing here at After Buzz. So, let's start right now. Kind of going to be goofy because I'm bummed it's over, but anyways, first of all, my name is Ronnie Jr., and I've got one of the strongest co-hosts you'll ever find.
1: Aw, that's very kind, Linda Antwi.
0: And we also have our third co-host, which you will not see his face, but you will hear his angelic voice in the booth we have tonight...
2: What's up, everybody? Everybody, My name is Anthony Becerra, and uh, I am the eye in the sky. I, I feel like that. he
0: was about to start rapping uh, for a minute, but nonetheless, Anthony, thank you. Uh, we love that you are the engineer because you watched the show. Uh, what are yours and Linda's overall thoughts of moving out of those two really strong episodes being seven and eight, and now we uh, have our conclusion?
2: Uh, deflation. <laughs> Also, I'm just, uh, I feel like uh, Rodrigo got a little, the short end of the stick um, as to, like, the writing-wise, as to where he was heading. But I think that's okay, because I think they're, they're setting him up for, like, a season five exploration for sure. Um, and Haley was at the right, is just in the right spot, and I can't wait to see where she goes from there. Um, overall thoughts, it was fantastic. I enjoyed these episodes.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that... Uh Definitely season four was all about Haley and her growth, and I think that that was an important contrast because season one, two, and three has all always been about Rodrigo. So it was nice to see her flourish and finally get what she wanted and what she's been driving herself for. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, the relationship stuff took a side note.
0: Yeah, I feel like we've seen versions of this story... Uh, on, you know, movies and other TV programs or whatnot, but never done in this way. And uh, I just, I I was very proud of seeing where Haley resulted by the ending. Uh, Sort of caught me off guard in a surprise. It was really healthy and strong. And, you know, this season had a lot of women empowerment issues or things that she had to address so um, just when you have that second chance which we'll talk about a little bit in episode 10 that's amazing and I think it was very inspiring for our own personal lives because you know it's kind of like that theory of life goes on you know so whatever your hiccup is you do have that second chance but that's not till episode 10 which is called dance we'll do that in a second Uh, Linda also has news and gossip and of course I want to tell you about a really fun podcast too but we might as well dive so quickly into episode 9 which is Uh, I want you to think of me. And this is coming off of us watching this heartbeat moment of this uh, tea ceremony that sort of changed Mm -hmm. the game. Um, Now, I don't know how you guys watched it, but us three, Anthony, Linda and myself, we watched it. Uh, each uh, double episode at a time. So one, two, three, four, five, six, mm-hmm. you know, and so on. And so I was so excited to get back into the viewing of it because this left me hanging, like, what's going to happen? Yeah. We start off on uh, I Want You to Think of Me, was episode number nine with the youth orchestra. We see a, a, a blip of that. Um, my big takeaway from that portion of the opening uh, portion of the show is that he, Rodrigo, just wasn't really ready to start dealing with anything he was throwing himself into everything but he wasn't we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in
1: the end what will i become
2: Senwa Saga Hellblade 2 Play it now with Game Pass
0: And exactly present, you know, he was with the Youth Orchestra He was go, go, go as always um, He also referred to um, Maestro v- Rivera quite a bit And he was giving the explanation of what Play With The Blood was to the Youth Orchestra Linda, what I thought was... Yes Do you have a note? <laughs> yeah the, uh... Okay That's episode 10. No, no. We revisit it, too. But in the beginning of uh, I Want You to Think of Me, episode 9, we start with it. Just briefly. Because this is the moment that he says, oh, do you guys want to know what Play with the Blood means? And it was a story about uh, Maestro Rivera. But the funniest thing, though, is that he didn't... um, say the same story that he's been telling. He's always said play with the blood meant love, but in this way that he was reciting it, he started to say play with the blood was more of, uh, you know, with the the fingers because the fingers that got damaged. The only reason I really bring that up is because it made me think... He's been using this term play with the blood because it meant love when Haley was so prominent in his life. The moment Haley's not prominent in his life, he's now saying play with the blood was sort of some other thing Mm -hmm. with Maestro Rivera and how his hands physically, you know, had gotten hurt. I just thought that was the funniest thing, you know, as far as him not taking ownership of what was going on. Like I said, just a very brief blip of that so we don't really have to stop down too much on that. Um, Linda, I wanted to talk a little bit about Gloria and Thomas. Yeah. So we have Gloria Gloria and Thomas negotiating Hesby's peace. I thought that was fun to watch. Yeah,
1: I thought that that was a great way to reintroduce uh, them back to New York. So, like you said, they're coming back from Japan, and then Gloria walks into her office. Thomas and Hess are there, and they're basically fighting (laughs) for this premiere piece.
0: Yeah, and I'm loving Hesby and his... um, Wild side. And yes. his, because, you know, I had watched the episode and I didn't realize until a little bit later that everything that has uh, maybe you've already mentioned this in the last episode, but everything that has uh, says about his piece and how he was sort of complicated with it and he brought it to the uh, to the grand piano and it was in all these little napkins. That, to me, when the, when the series was all said and done, I was like, oh, that represents everything that Thomas has always been saying, that good performance, you know, good aspect of performance is going to be within destruction. Mm. It's just something I pieced together yeah, at the end. I was like, right. oh, how funny that they kind of match. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Because you
0: always look at Hesby as like kind of a crazy guy. Yeah,
1: you're absolutely
0: right. <laughs> but that's what Thomas has been instilling in, in everybody. He instills it in Haley, maybe mm-hmm. just in a different way. Right, Um, We also have Gloria and Thomas basically call it quits, and that's based on who is going to take the piece, who's going to actually take the Hesby piece. And I think also Gloria felt, what, she felt a little, uh, she felt, well, she felt disrespected, but she also felt like, you know, Thomas was going behind. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess they both went behind each other's back, though.
2: felt a little bit betrayed, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, But it resulted in them wanting to sort of call it quits. Um, But I did love the scene, you guys. I loved when Gloria, in her classic, like, let me just get things done, because she is the executive director, Mm -hmm. and she's so used to problem solving. She almost doesn't think on emotion. She almost just thinks on problem solving. Okay, this is a problem. Bam, I'm going right to the Guggenheim. Oh, but I loved seeing Thomas track her down, and I'm sure you two did as well. That was so cute.
1: Yeah, it was really cute. Um, I... uh An important moment for me in in this episode uh, was when Glory takes both Thomas and Hess down for a walk to Rodrigo. And Rodrigo's still shaken up from the breakup in Japan. And he's struggling to get the orchestra to play with the blood. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was funny because in that moment, Hespy thought that that music that he was playing or conducting was amazing. He called it a dystopian nightmare. Mm. Um, and it's what he wants his own music to portray because it's terrifying. But what was crazy is that Rodrigo wasn't doing this on purpose. He was just so broken that he, was, he, he wasn't in the moment. Mm. And that, I thought, was a big moment for uh, this episode.
0: You're actually right, and I'm glad we spend more time on that because, yeah, that was the moment that everything did seem like it would go in the favor that it should have went. Right. But Rodrigo openly said, no, no I'm not even Thomas. ready for the piece.
1: Yeah, he says, give it to Thomas. And Thomas is kind of like, yeah, give it to me. And then in that moment, she breaks up with him over the, over the Hesby thing.
0: Yeah, because it was important to her, but I think, like, the bigger thing is it was important for people who are gonna have the integrity with the piece, and that's Rodrigo saying, I'm not good for it, you know? And that's the one thing that we always uh, can be really happy with Rodrigo, even though he's shaky-baky on a lot of things mm-hmm. and his decisions. If it if it doesn't speak to him, <laughs> he's gonna make a, uh, not a rash decision, but he's gonna make a decision. No, a not... rash decision. Yeah, because he sees people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he sees Mozart and all these people, so... Um, you're right that really did piss her off and that's why I think she did have that you know bolt right over to Guggenheim because that was sort of right, how she that, that rationalized it correct um,
1: and then another important uh, component was seeing Haley and Lizzie having this box wine street sidewalk party mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's the first time they're talking about Rodrigo and realizing that hey they haven't spoken since Japan and we hear Rodrigo say, when he was talking to Gloria, hey, I've been calling from everyone's phone, she's not answering, she's not answering, and there's a reason why she's ignoring him. And so that, those two contrasts from coming back from Japan, Haley just not doing anything, and Rodrigo conducting but conducting poorly, that sets up the entire episode, nine and
0: ten yeah how they like handled the same issue but they handled it completely, completely different.
1: different and where they end up
0: um and well within even what you're saying about lizzie and them being um outside of the apartment and just enjoying you know the sisterhood of the friendship um which i love because we all do because lizzie is so honest with with hayley um we also find out in that moment that it's it's weird because well it's not weird but we do find out that there is a need for a sub-oboist. So it's almost right. like we're going back to season one in some right. ways. Yep. How did you guys feel about that? Were you prepared to see Haley jump right into it? Did it seem like classic Haley? Or did it seem like, uh, what, just how did you guys take that?
1: I thought that Haley wanted, like she said, she wanted some normality. And she wanted to go back to how things were. So it, it made absolute sense that she would sub as a oboe. Because that's what she was doing before all of this conducting and travel and relationships and all of that
0: yeah and, and we all know normalcy you know Anthony with, with whatever relationships you've had and stuff it's just like it's so hard to just click back into normalcy so like, as you said it sort of set up the episode because watching it I'm like is she really strong and confident enough to just be like ah uh, I'm fine because Lizzie called it out Lizzie was like no, you're going to be in the orbit. That's, that's bad. And she's like, no, I got this. And I'm like, but do you?
1: <laughs> and that's the whole thing. Um, does she?
0: Let's unpack a little bit about Rodrigo in the episode too, but one other quick note I wanted to mention with Thomas and Gloria. There was, as we were talking about, a l- little bit of a ping pong with the Hesby piece and then her going to the Guggenheim and then uh, Thomas coming after her saying, you know, I need you to fight, which was really inspiring for her. She probably did need to hear that. But uh, a really interesting part for me, though, is everything seems to be going okay and Thomas learns that there are union violations it's basically a non non-union orchestra with union players and this is obviously you know evident uh that this is a Gloria move uh prior to their reconnection but at the same time um it really leaves Thomas completely um out of the situation and uh, what was it Betty was like I'm not no damn scab which I, which I appreciate you because right. we, we we always sort of try to represent for the unions at least that's how I feel um, so I obviously wouldn't want any type of union infraction you know Right. especially within the arts and we've seen un- union Bob throughout these seasons we've seen uh, in episode 10 the younger girl talking about the things uh, from the youth orchestra mm-hmm. talking about the things that are you know she needs her bathroom break this mm-hmm. that and the other so uh, the values are intact and it just seemed like a sort of petty move for Gloria to do that, but that's where they were at in their relationship.
1: Well, I I, I don't know if it was petty. I think that uh, what that scene came from was when she, like you said, she takes the job uh, and Thomas finds her and he says I come at you and you come at me. That's how this works. And he convinces her that he needs her and that her opposing view on music and his is what's been helping innovate not only the New York Symphony but the Brooklyn Symphony and this war is good for both of them not just good for it's good for both of them but it's also good for music and the advancement of music so ah. that was a major point so when she called the anonymous tip in, he was pissed but he was also happy because she was fighting and that's exactly what he wanted.
0: Challenge. That's what I'm saying. It's like Thomas just represents discomfort and that is the way you're going to have your artistic integrity always intact. So you're right. That was such a really strong ping pong back and forth and Mm -hmm. uh, Thomas really was my guy these last couple episodes. Like I really like felt the fuel of of everything he had to say Mm -hmm. and um, you know as we get to episode 10 like he was so proud you know and and it's almost like sometimes he's looked at not negatively but he is like this loud mouth you know almost like grumpy guy and you know even when he went to the to the uh uh queen's fill it was like you know they kind of joked with them oh my god i had to take three trains to get over here you know it went within his like negative uh dark uh persona but he just makes so much sense in the end he really really does Um, what do you guys want to think in terms of Rodrigo so what I take what I took from it is his his very first focus was uh, the orchestra um, oh I'm sorry the dystopian nightmare we did cover that already um he he obviously talks about the oboist and he's yearning for Haley. he's makes no mistake about that he's very open about that
2: can i, can I touch on that sure sure quick? sure. Um, yes yeah i wanted to say this earlier so i thought it was pretty funny how uh the oboist wasn't good enough for him and then he actually he actually plays it and he says that like he learned through uh i forgot what that word osmosis, he, osmosis yeah um I just felt, to, it's, it's, I saw it as like a, a longing for Haley or like trying to cling on to whatever you can that reminds him of uh, of Haley, although she's not there. Um, I just thought it was a very yeah. uh, like uh, essential scene as to like his psychology and what he's going through and how desperate he is to, to have that sound or in a sense, have her back in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just uh, he's just a mess without her.
0: Yeah, it's like on one hand, she's like, oh, I'm just going to be normal and everything's going to be fine. And obviously she'll crack later on, but at that moment, that's how she's operating. Whereas with him, yeah, I took that same note, Anthony. I'm like, he is yearning for Haley. Like he's causing problems, basically, you know, because of that yearning sensation. Or, maybe you know, maybe just doesn't know how to articulate himself. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, have Rodrigo reconnect with Thomas about the Hesby piece. I think we've sort of chatted about that. Um, let's talk about Rodrigo at Ferndale because— at at this point, we saw a couple scenes where Rodrigo was a little bit of a mess. But when he was in Ferndale, he sort of like got back to his witty self that we're used to. Um, but <laughs> uh, within all that, he's given away all his personal items. It's like he's, uh, he's shedding all the weight from his entire life because him and Haley aren't together. Um, fun to watch though as a scene but you know he started flirting with girls again too Mm -hmm. Um, so it seemed it seemed like he was um, making a quick transition but you of course didn't know where it was gonna go um, but I did love that scene. I liked it. that was exactly how he would be. He calls Morton Norton, and he's you know offering all of these really prized possessions, and it's becoming kind of a little bit of a party. Um, and one note I wanted to tell you guys I thought was really cool was just some of the uh, actual musicians that were involved. Of course, Joan Jett was there, 80s rocker Nadia uh, Sirota, which was the v- viola player. Uh, she had a really cute portion. I loved the montage with her playing while Haley walked in, and then you have Ray. Chen, a, viol- a violinist. So I liked having the authentic- authenticity of these, t- these types of people who would be at Ferndale, mm-hmm. let's okay.
2: say. I gotta say, I love the, the Ray Chen, Ray Chen uh, the little scene. She's like, Ray Chen, yeah, that's me. Get out of my room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's so funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. And she did have that starstruck moment. She tells Nadia uh, Sirota, she's like, oh my God, you're here, and oh, how did you get here? And that is when she has to sort of change her entire tone. Her tone has been, let's just keep everything normal. So what? I'm in his orbit, but that's when it started to feel real because Nadia's like, "Oh, Rodrigo invited me here," um, and so then we're faced with probably the biggest scene of this episode: their conversation downstairs. Guys, what did you feel about that really intimate moment?
1: I mean, it was a fight, right? So more than a <laughs> conversation, it was it was a fight. Um,
0: but it did start light, though. That's what that was like. The the weird thing it's like they had so many like you know meaningless. Ch- chip-chap, chip as if they weren't going to get into it. You know, it took a while to get there.
1: But in this moment, it wasn't light. She was pissed because she just came off seeing him coming into the room with another woman. So it, it wasn't like She was mad, and that's why she was running away. Um, and I think that uh, for Rodrigo to tell her that she's never going to be a great conductor, she keeps listening to him, her dad, and Thomas, and that she needs to play with the blood. And then she basically curses at him and says... I play with the blood and that moment was so powerful to me because that's what, it all came to this moment between yeah. her, her being an oboist, following her creative life and then trying, conducting all of this stuff and she's really trying to figure out her own style and way and for her boyfriend and ex-coach to tell her that she would never be great was a really powerful moment
2: I, yeah. I I think it was her like shedding the whole uh uh whatever influence or power the uh these men in her life have exactly. had. Exactly. Exactly. Um because when she and uh, like the person she looked up to, yeah, uh, again, uh, Rodrigo tells her like you will never be a great conductor, you will never be this cuz uh, like, you don't play with the blood, you just listen. I took it as in she just cares about what other people think of her
0: validation. And yeah. And con-
2: yeah, and her her conducting. But she finally, finally says no to all of that. And yeah. she's able to stand up to him face to face and says, F you, I do play with the blood. And yeah. that means like, F you, I am good enough. Yeah. And I don't care what you say, I'm going to do my thing. Yeah, and absolutely. And I think that's what she finally learned in Japan when she crossed that bridge and and everything.
0: And it was a very necessary challenge back and forth because, like I said, they did start off so soft and small talk. I wrote on my notes, awkward small talk. So it took that, you know. And, you know, when you're saying things with impassion in a relationship, you know, everything comes out. But I'm glad that it did result in that moment, and it was a strong moment for her, you know. And I do love, throughout it all, there was that encouragement, though, with Rodrigo, even though it went the way it went, which was just listen to the music play with the music. You know, that was his lasting impression with her, too, after they sort of went through what they went through. So I thought that was pretty cool. Do you agree or disagree with that, Linda? Uh,
1: I I don't... I mean, I think that in that moment, I think that uh, he was saying it to hurt her, but he knew that he needed to hurt her because it's true. She's only... She's had these uh, male role model issues, um, and so... Just like what Anthony said, I feel like that moment was her breaking free and finally not choking, finally not caring and about to do her own thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it coexists together, too, because... That's what. Well, at least for me, that what I took back from it was that within all of that, and I do am so proud of her for having that moment because she is really seeking the validation from these men. It does happen. Um, I felt like it was a healthy space for at least to know that Rodrigo is still always down for her. You know what I mean? Because his lasting words were. But I do, I just, you know, listen to the music, play with the music. Like, his intentions are good, you know, throughout it all. And mm. it was a really great moment. She needed to be challenged. You know, she probably didn't know she needed it, but but
2: she... I think when he says listen to the music, I think it's more like listen to your own music. Exactly. Like, yeah, of listen, course. Yeah, listen yeah. to, like, what your soul is saying. Right. Find your own blood and play with that. Exactly.
0: Um, we also see... Now, does Rodrigo... He... It looks as if he's <laughs> waking up drunk at Egon's uh, studio. So we don't know why or how he got there. Um, Well, it's because
1: he went back to the – Haley has has cussed him out and mm -hmm. ran away. So he goes back to the party, and that absence that they were drinking, you see the bottle with Mm -hmm. him, so you assume that he's binged out on it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, And he pops right up. He sees the uh, performance space. However, it's a replacement. This is uh, also uh, conductor, Pablo uh, Heras Casado, um, who's sort of taking the spot, which you know, we talk about she needed to have some fire lit within herself which is great that she just had that I think this was a, a big moment for him too you know, he sort of doesn't have anything and he sees he's replaced, so it kind of pissed him off in, in the right type of way um, for him to say, wait a minute w- Like, this is my piece, I'm, I'm here um, he did that, but he also didn't really know his, his voice. Like, he didn't understand his own internal monologue, like why he was there. But jealousy works in that way sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? Jealousy does work in that way sometimes. Um, did you guys, uh, what did you take away from that scene with Egon? Because really, this, the episode sort of ends in that space um, with a small disagreement with Rodrigo and Egon, and then we see a vision of what we think is young Mo- Mozart at the time.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that uh, Rodrigo is spiraling out of control, and he's trying to grasp anything that he was associated with still. So uh, because this was this dance piece was supposed to be about him, I think that he was trying to fight his way back and say he's actually the Foss, and no one can actually play Foss, which means no one can play him. But. He was definitely on a downward spiral Mm. by the end of this episode.
0: Which made it so lovely (laughs) with where he went in episode 10 because you need to go through those moments to really understand stuff about yourself. Do you guys have any other final thoughts about episode 9 before we jump into 10?
1: Okay. Uh
2: Go ahead, and. I was just going to say, I think we... Uh, are we going to touch on how Thomas proposes to That's what I was Gloria. just about to say. Yeah. Thomas
1: proposes to Gloria, which is a major. Yeah. Uh, and she turns him down, but she tells him that he can come home. And the reason that she turns him down is because she's had so many other failed marriages, and she didn't want them to fail. But she loves him and wants to be with him. She just doesn't want to marry him.
0: Yeah, that's... Uh... And it's good Gloria knows you know she I think in that moment she was like well you know I'm a little bit at fault too because I've been through all this so um, exciting knowing that we're gonna get a season five as, as we were talking about um, is that it you guys on that one uh, I think
2: uh, I'm good, yeah.
0: Okay, wonderful. Well, let's talk about learning, growing, and just being better darn people, okay? Can we do that? Don't we want to be the best people ever? Uh, for those of you who are trying to be as good as Anthony in the booth and Linda with the great co-hosting skills and um, some news and gossip that's going to come up later, in order to do that, you got to get your skills up, your quality of life, okay? Now, to do that, you know that AfterBuzz is co-created with Kevin Undergaro and Maria Menunos. so she has a podcast that we'd like to talk to, talk to to you guys about so you could learn a little bit more it's called conversations with Maria Menounos this is the podcast edition obviously the show itself Linda is through Sirius Satellite mm-hmm. so there's a show you could sort of you know be involved with but what we decided to do uh, all the producers decided to take like the best of type content and bring it to a free podcast every single Friday now if you want to get conversations with Maria Menunos, that is a uh, subscription uh, just go ahead and subscribe for free on iTunes super simple you could throw your little comments uh, Um, And ask questions, too. Really, really good stuff.
1: Guys, it's a great podcast. And you can just download it on your phone. Take it with you when you're commuting and just get some really great insight Mm -hmm. from... An amazing female who's doing uh, just amazing things.
0: Yeah. What did Nas say? Read more, learn more, change the globe. Well, start with conversations with Maria Minunos to make that happen. See how all the worlds collide here on After Buzz. Um, Oh, my gosh. I can't believe we got through episode nine. Um, I'm... Nervous. Time to dance. <laughs> I'm nervous that it's over, you guys. Uh, now that let's let's do this final episode. Um, Linda, what did you what did you feel here on this episode? Oh so,
1: there was so much going on in in the last episode, episode ten, dance. Uh, you know, we opened to Rodrigo back conducting the youth orchestra, um, who, mind you, have improved tremendously and it's because they're getting coached by uh, Cynthia.
0: Oh, I loved Cynthia, um, yeah.
1: And Rodrigo starts freaking out. He wants to cancel the concert. He says he's the problem. So he's starting to really lose control. He's lost He's lost his mind, basically. And he gives this metaphor about crashing into icebergs and how we need to save the iceberg. And I really felt that was so powerful because he's missed the point. And you've missed the point in all of this. You're not saving the iceberg. You have to save yourself, which was uh, really... Yeah, Interesting and powerful.
0: Well, yeah, and it works internally. In other words, uh, you, you know, you can't help anyone if you're not actually in a good, strong foundation. And I think it's so funny, you know, we, we're so proud of where we saw Haley grow, and then it's like, you know, within his you know, sort of downward spiral, as you were saying, the only thing I kept thinking was like, oh, my gosh, he keeps referencing... Maestro uh, Rivera, which is which is great to take for inspiration, but if at the same token you're sort of pushing Haley to kind of not be valid, you know, not seek validation, you're sort of not, you know, embodying that same characteristic mm-hmm. because you are consistently saying, well, this is how Maestro Rivera would do it, and this is, and that's great because we do have to have m- motivation, you know, uh, we have to have mentors. Um, but it started to make me think like there's a missing moment with him where he's not connecting to what he wants to do can
1: I give you my little prediction oh. I think that uh, in season 5 he's going to go uh, back and teach the maestro's orchestra which he turned down in season 2 or 3 and I think that that's why he keeps mentioning the maestro
0: I love that idea yeah that, but I'll get back. To no, that. I'm with it. I think that's actually a really strong
2: one. Yeah. Wait, real quick. Going back to that allegory. So is is I'm guessing Rodrigo is the ship and the symphony is the iceberg. Yeah. Right. Yes. So that's why he he has to remove himself in order to save the iceberg. Exactly. Okay. Cool. That's that's, that's really nice. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like I said, I, I I didn't pay too much attention to this episode, but I still watched it. Um, and uh, yeah, that just clicked with me, and I thought <gasps> yeah. it's very fantastic <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah um, and then, so, on the flip side, we see Haley back practicing her oboe and not just practicing but being paid to play for this cat, and she starts having conversations with the cat, mm-hmm. like cat, have you ever had a boyfriend? Have you ever left this building? Is it easy being a cat when again it's not it's not about the cat, right it's about her, and is it easy being uh creative person, an oboist, a conductor, uh, her breakup with the boyfriend, Rodrigo.
0: Even little things like paying her bills, you know, taking on a job with the elite, you know, to play... I mean, obviously that's not why she does the oboe, you know, she wants to be more, you know, in in, in the symphony or, or conduct, but, you know, it's kind of like that mix between, well, this is what pays the bills, you know, I have to go to a rich woman's house and play the oboe for...
1: Well, I think she's just bringing it back to her the beginnings with subbing and taking these side jobs that's what she did in the earlier seasons and i think that that's what she's trying to do just to have some normalcy in her life and yeah to pay the bills i think Uh, that
0: uh, i was thinking that a lot too and i I don't even know if it was specifically this episode although they touched on a lot of like you know going back to the roots of the show really but even a couple episodes before i think it was prior to her uh, when things were going good in Tokyo still it hadn't really crashed as as bad as the uh, t- the tea episode the tea ceremony episode but there was a lot of references to the earlier stages and it, I think this episode uh, and the other one made me think of like how we were introduced to all of these characters mm-hmm. and like you say we, we've not really seen since maybe season one, Haley, you know, teaching... I think she was teaching the rich kids at one point and all of these, you know, heavy things in order to make her dreams con tr- come true. Right. And it's so beautiful to see because you have to do these things. And it's almost like she regained her dreams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This yeah.
2: episode like, uh, felt like a like a reset button pretty much. But, like, only for the first, like, portion because then at the end it's just, like, it's so much... It's far more, at, like, advanced where the stories where the, for the stories of our characters like where they were at the it's kind of like a reminder of remember where they were at the beginning of when you started watching the show yeah by the way by the end of this episode you remind it will remind you you're you're four seasons in and they have grown tremendously Tremendously. Yeah. for Rodrigo I don't know ah. <laughs> I don't know it's still that, that one's still up in the air I'm not sure if he has learned anything it's uh, he's questionable but we'll touch on that later
0: oh my gosh I love that point and that is the way life goes too I think we all if even all three of us we could recollect times in our lives where if we look back a couple years On some levels, we're, I don't want to say making the same mistakes, but we're, you know, we're reliving a lot of things and we're being re-inspired and kind of being taken back. At least I'll speak for myself, I guess. But then you look, you're like, wow, I'm mounds ahead of where I used to be, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of similarities that connect. And so I think it's a healthy vision to reflect. That's how I took this episode uh, quite a bit. Uh, What did you want to jump into next? We have, uh, I guess, Gloria's meeting with Fukumoto and Betty about Uh uh, the donation being off the table.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, he officially withdraws the donorship because he is not with the current leadership. He thinks it's weak and not strong enough. And Gloria takes offense. She thinks that he's talking about her, but really he's talking about Rodrigo. And Gloria defends Rodrigo. She's like, I have to put my foot down here. So, yeah, I'm not going to get your money, but I'm not going to leave Rodrigo. Yeah,
2: was she defending him because he li- she likes Rodrigo, or is it because of how much is invested in Rodrigo? How much is I invested think, yeah, in right? Rodrigo? Okay, i was yeah. like she's so business, and it's yeah. like
0: it's her show. Yeah, right. It's her. It's her business, and she's the one who you know, like like when I worked in radio, there was a term called the program director. So if the program director brings in talent. And all these years later, that talent doesn't perform. There's going to be somewhat of an alliance that that programmer could have because, you know, they don't want to have that admitting, you know, admittingness, uh, admitting uh, knowledge like, oh, he, he wasn't really the payoff that we we hoped for, you know, mm-hmm. all these years later. Mm-hmm. Yet Thomas is still there, <laughs> which is really cool. Um, let's see where uh, we. So, yeah. So. So Rodrigo is the is the is the problem, I guess, in that case.
1: Well, look what he did.
0: Yeah. No. So
1: you know it's self-explanatory. I yeah. Think. Yeah.
0: Highs and lows in life. Yep. Exactly. Um, um, but we see Rodrigo meet up with Egon, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, this means that that interest uh, generated from the episode before is that he does want to participate in the Faust piece. It's like a very interesting solo Faust piece, though.
1: Hmm. Um. I think this is a pivotal. This is a pivotal moment for Rodrigo because uh, Egon says you're going to do the show. It's happening in three hours. And Rodrigo's like, no, I have the symphony. I can't go. And it doesn't really matter, though, because it's audience-less, so we can do this another day. And Egon is like, no, we're doing it today.
0: Yeah. And it almost seems like it's uh, that question that he had to negotiate where am i going to do egon's piece or am i going to do what i'm supposed to do which is the symphony um you know youth and and the the orchestra itself it kind of was like him having to actually play out that um that uh analogy in in some ways he actually like that's how he i mean that's how it looked like once he finally made his decisions i mean this is
1: the breakthrough this is where he has to choose so you're either choosing your old way of life and and the breakdown that you're having or you're going to choose something different that you haven't done before.
2: And uh, I'm just thinking about this all right now but there's so many ways you can look at this as well like the whole going back to the iceberg analogy but also like he has such a deep love and appreciation for uh, the symphony and it has it goes with that saying if you love it let it go. Yep. And I think that's what he's doing. Um. Well I think that's why he had a he had a, a tackle on it in his m- own mind and I think uh, you see what he chooses at the end. But I just had a little problem. Was there, <laughs> Did the episode give enough, I guess, like, did it convey that language enough for us to see that he's having that ponder in his, like, he's having that contemplation in his mind? Because to me, it just kind of felt like, oh, I'm going to go choose uh, Egon's thing. And he just gives the, le- like, there's no scene of him thinking about it. It's more like he just, off screen, he just chooses it. And then you just see the scene where he's talking to uh, to Union Bob. No, he's talking to Pavel. To give uh, the note to Union Bob, and I, I kind of wish I would have seen more of that contemplation of like what he was going to pick to be uh, more effective I, when, he, <laughs> when he actually picks what, what do you he think picks. Linda?
1: I, I agree with that a little bit, but I think that you know when he was thinking about it, it was when he was having that moment with Haley backstage as the youth orchestra was performing. Because you know how they had that? Do you remember that?
2: Yeah, scene? I do, actually. So
1: they had a lot of back and forth, looking at each other, and then averting each other's eyes, and then small talk banter. And I think in that moment, that's when he was deciding what decision he was making.
2: Okay. yeah. Okay. And then the other thing I think that, that was important
1: as well was um, when Egon says to him before he leaves uh, for the youth orchestra, you are the most innocent narcissist, narcissist I know stop being so grown up before you get trapped and that's important for when Rodrigo made his decision to leave the symphony
0: yeah, that was that I mean pivotal. The one of the more pivotal. So maybe that's the yeah, that's another additional portion of that moment where it, you know, he, he he's making the decisions even if he's not like uh contemplating them too much. It's like he it's he's people are saying words to him that speak so strong to him and that's how he creates his actions after.
1: And we have to remember why he got chosen to lead the New York Symphony. He got chosen because he uh, conducts outside of the box. He's a uh, forward thinker, all of this stuff. And if you remember back to season one and two, those were the things that people thought he was superstar for. In season three and four, we start to see him get very comfortable. We start to hear people say, oh, you're getting old. Well, and then, and then, and then you then, hear in
0: Tokyo, Rodrigo is dead. And that's sort of the symboli- symbolism of, yeah. the, of all of it. Which
1: is what I was going to Yeah. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so it's all of it. This is, this is the moment. This is where he really is realizing you know what I don't want to be stuck in this this trap box
2: so it goes also it goes back to the the vision he had when uh, the vision Tom, the thomas vision pretty much says that you're you're comfortable he t- he's that he's right i believe it was Roger who said that he was comfortable yeah and then and then uh, thomas was like dude you, you you don't want to be comfortable so it was it was a new york symphony symphony who, that has like in a sense keep has kept him bogged down and has like taken off his edge in a sense and that's I think that's why they say Rodrigo is dead because his edge is now gone
0: I think they made a comment about his hair too they're like that's the Rodrigo we knew
2: yeah when he cut off his hair and he made it shorter and also has to go it has to do with losing his muse so uh, now what I'm starting to see is that Rodrigo has been put in this box when he used to always operate outside of this
1: exactly. box.
2: Exactly. So that dance at the end is him breaking out of the box. You and got it! Yeah, <laughs> and, and finally getting back to, like, his own, like, center of, like, who he is as a person. Exactly.
0: Yeah, and we've been seeing that the entire season because he's having these moments where Mozart is is, like, I came here... I think this was episode two. I came to, out of all the people, you were the one that I came to. And he was disappointed in Rodrigo because that was those earlier stages of what we saw all season, which, you know, prior to this ending, that he was losing his edge, you know. And that's, we we saw different visions come to him, you know, with Liberace also. Like, everyone's sort of testing him because he was not giving us what we had we, we had grown to love, you know. Mm. I mean, in that defense of him a little, he was gaining other perspectives of his, lo- of his life, which was love. So that's how, how do we mix all that? That's the really challenging part. Um, Beethoven's fifth was being played by the youth orchestra. Uh, Hesby's piece was beautiful. I loved Hesby's piece. Um, by well, the. Well, yeah, we do you want to talk about it being led up to the. Um, no, go ahead. No, no, you could. Do you want to jump in on the note that. Because uh, the reason I passed up, because we already sort of talked about their meeting backstage. Okay. Um, oh, and another little interesting note is, how about even the, the young, the young uh, boy too? He was even making sort of a jab at Rodrigo. This just goes to show how Rodrigo was so out of it and not connecting with people. Because he goes, "Oh, Cynthia, how's your hand?" He sort of dismisses what Cynthia's answer is, which was a little weird to begin with. And then he tells the orchestra, "Oh, you guys are all the youth orchestra. You guys all look great." Uh, it's like a phony connection almost. So then he goes to talk to his his little guy. You know, the guy that he's been doing the uh, waiting tables for and everything. And it was that uh, I can't. Was it Ricky? I think is his name. Mm-hmm. It was Ricky who was the one who said yeah, we'll be fine. Cynthia takes care of us. And I thought that was another big jolt to Rodrigo because it's like Rodrigo sometimes doesn't realize he's not showing up. Right. You know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that was
0: another backstage thing that I thought was a little interesting as well. Um, but I was happy for Cynthia, though, to get to get a little shot there, you know? Because mm-hmm. we've been sort of wondering where she was going to land, um, you know, within her bigger goal is to actually be playing. But, you know... You, you have to do different things in your career, especially within the conditions you're in as well. Well,
1: I think that Rodrigo said something very powerful to her. So this, to me, this, these two episodes were just so, if you listen to the words, there was so much going on. So he says to her, injuries help heal things. And he's talking about her wrist, but he's also talking Metaphorically, about... Metaphorically, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, did we have anything else we want to say about the backstage, Rodrigo and Haley? um i know there was a little commentary of like yeah just keep it simple stupid you know that was that was another rodrigo uh maestro rivera commentary mm-hmm. and it was part of their light conversation but it was a very meaningful conversation i know you jumped ahead to it and talked about it a little already but i thought that was another really fun portion of that mm-hmm. you know they it did feel like they were both sort of moving on in some types of way yeah. you know keep it keep it simple stupid um, and she's like, oh, he didn't invent that. But either either way, you know, especially within music, you know, yeah. you don't want to overtrain. You just go in and do the work, you know. Right. Um, let's see. Where where do we land So there? we see
1: Rodrigo go to the office, write a letter, which he gives. Uh, he wants given to Union Bob to read before the performance. Uh, Bob reads the letter, which has uh, obviously Rodrigo's resignation in it, uh, as well as instructions on who to pass the baton to. And right away, Gloria gets into business mode, and she's pushing Thomas to go up there and do the piece, but Thomas won't do it. He's like, nope, this is not. He, I felt like he knew that this was not his moment, and this was not about him. Um, the baton had someone else's name on it, and it was Haley. And I thought it was a fun, powerful moment, and it was a funny moment because when uh, Bob turns and says, I don't think he knows how to spell ah, your name, yeah. that kind of broke up like all, the bigness. Of this moment.
0: Right, because we were reading so much into even, like, Union Bob's, his eyes and his emotion, you know, with this big moment. And uh, that was a cutesy part that sort of, like, disarmed everybody. Mm -hmm. But I was so thrilled, I'm sure you guys were too, just to see everyone show up for her. You know, with Betty Cragdale coming out of the audience and making that fun to Union Bob looking at Hailey, like, you got this. And I think even Betty Cragdale did her classic, like, from season one don't F it up. You know, it was that tough love she'd right. been giving right. and it was like, wow, all this tough love she'd been giving was for this moment. This quote unquote second chance which was talked about in the yep, episode too. Oh my God. I could barely contain myself, Linda. And I
1: think this moment, <laughs> I mean, and this moment was for everyone. So Betty was missing playing and she got to play. Uh, Gloria can now have Fukamoto as a sponsor since Rodrigo is out. Haley finally gets to conduct. So, it's a win win too yeah it's a win win for everybody and it's a reset for everybody to reset and move forward in their dreams
0: oh my gosh I love uh this is just a side note I love Betty Cragdale when <laughs> she looks at Fuku and she goes oh you want to see a little I don't know what the innuendo I can't recall what the innuendo was but it was something about you want to see me blow the the oboe it's just really fun and cutesy and classic Betty Cragdale so mm-hmm. it just uh, as we look into episode five season five I'm like oh my god I want so much more from her
2: yeah when she's when she when she goes up here she. She uh, tells him, now you're in for a treat. Yeah. yeah I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I feel like you, there, I don't know, there's portions of Betty Cragdale that's in all of us, I, I assume, or at least with me. So I thought that was super, super fun. How did you guys feel about this ending, though? Like, just the complete, complete, complete ending, like the dance that you were talking about. Uh, uh,
1: are we there Anthony? already?
0: I think we are. I'm trying to double check. Uh, I'm really trying to really touch and taste this episode but I think we are I'm trying to think of anything Uh, else
2: I want to okay go ahead Anthony I just want to touch on like what got me like tearing up was when um, Haley sees a video of Rodrigo um, congratulating her and saying that she's the best and how she just breaks down instantly I thought that was like really powerful moment um, because in a sense she kind of always she gets what she wanted where she couldn't get it from anyone else like she couldn't get it from her father um, she got it from Rodrigo, although he's not her boyfriend <coughs> anymore. It's still it's still such a, a valid, uh, valid gesture that she feels from him.
0: Yeah, because he was part of the vehicle that led her to this place. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, seeing his genuine interest is is, is going to be fantastic. And I thought the scenes were done really well, too. You know, when we see Egon uh, return – Rodrigo, rather, return to Egon, and Egon's asking what made you come, it's it's sort of letting Rodrigo kind of pour his heart out in in some type of way as well. And I thought the scenes really were really fun because we're seeing simultaneously Rodrigo with his – uh, performance piece. At the same time, we're seeing Haley just get into it. Before we go there, it. I oh, just yeah. feel
1: like there's there are points in this episode that were really important that we have to hit. So, uh, ro- when Rodrigo leaves the symphony and he rides his back, his bike back to the park to meet Egon to do the performance he tells a story about remembering his first chance to conduct as an eight-year-old and how he did really terrible, but he got a second chance. Yeah. And then He's... he says, today is the day of second chances, which is what the whole episode was about, is second chances on on your dreams and, and, and living your dreams. And I think that uh, another important part before he starts his performance is when... Uh, Egon tells him that there are going to be no dancers, it's just him, and he says, but I work with people, it can't just be me, I need people, if not, I'm nothing, and then Egon tells him, well, then be nothing. Very, very powerful moment, because this leads up to him breaking free and being able to do this performance piece without an audience, without Haley, without the symphony, without his muses, all of those things. This this is about him rediscovering himself. So I, I just feel like we can't not mention those things. You're,
2: you're so right. And I actually had a thought earlier um, while you guys were talking about that. And I had that same sentiment about that same line where Rodri- uh, Rodri- uh, Rodrigo tells, um, what's his name, Egon. About how he's... Yeah, he's nothing... I, I, I missed that line, but, like, in general, I thought... I was like, this is a man who's always been surrounded or worked his art through people. Yep. But he's never been able to work through his art through himself. Exactly. And he's never been able to... In a sense, he's never been able to face the realities of himself. Yep. And um, this dance is him just finally letting go and kind of accepting, like, w- w- his personality, in a sense. And, like, how he's finally like, I shouldn't be able to have these people in my lives because of how destructive I am. And uh, I think that's what that dance also represents, is like how crazy it was. Is just how, like, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, how, what's that <laughs> word? It's like a um, a coming together of, of what his life is and how nuts it is and how he's, you know, he scares people around him sometimes because of just how, how crazy he can be. Um, and I think that's, that dance is a, a, a mirroring of him realizing um, that he has to go at it, things alone, and he, he can't have those yeah. people there anymore.
1: And be able to be comfortable with being alone. Yeah,
2: you that's, know? Cause I think that's, that's the biggest that's
1: part. That's the part that he, he's just not comfortable. And if you remember from uh, seasons before, he talked about how he never sleeps alone. So this all is a combination of all, all his issues... And really getting to the core of what's going on that
0: Yeah, and that's why that dance is so freeing, you know. That's why we really felt it in the, in that way. Um it felt very uh
2: foot loose kind yeah. of <laughs> Yeah, you know, like that ain't that 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 um expressive dancing of like letting go. And uh I, I really appreciated it. I didn't know how I felt at the beginning before we started we talking, I told you how I was confused, but now I'm like
0: You're I'm in happy.
2: It. Yeah, I'm happy where it's at. I am too.
0: Yeah. I am too. I want. I mean, we all want to see each of these characters grow. Um, and there's so much to learn. You know, when you think about like the term that uh, Rodrigo told to Haley, you know, which means keep it keep it simple, stupid. It's like I remember in my head, I said, "Oh wow, there's such a simple answer to something that Rodrigo overcomplicated." And that's sort of at the end of the episode as well, when Mozart is talking with Rodrigo, and you know, Rodrigo sort of embodied all of what you just said, Anthony, and there's having they're having this, this conversation over the Requiem and it's like, oh well, was the Requiem really, you know, not complete because X, Y, and Z? And then, lo and behold, we as people, we internalize so much or, you know, come to these conclusions that may not actually be there. When in the the truth of the story was that the Mozart vision was like, no, the reason that it wasn't completed was just because my you know, uh, second or third son spilled ink and we had to re-recompose the piece. So that was a little e- interesting at the end as well. That Well, we-
1: that's the whole point to me of not only setting up season 5 but but the whole point of the season 4. So when he's sitting with Mozart in the park and Mozart reveals the real reason um he didn't finish the Requiem it was resetting Rodrigo. So he says I was nearly done and my second son purposely Put uh, spilled ink all over it and I had to start over. So Rodrigo pur- is purposely or not has blown up his career. He's in a state of limbo right now and finally doing this dance and breaking feet allows him to start over which is like that's Woo! how it ends and and it's he time to said,
0: get to work, as Maestro Rivera communicates, too. That's so. it.
1: He says, what are you going to do? And he's like, yeah, but what do I want? What do I want to do? And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. So, again, I think every, what was interesting for me is that everything in these last two, 9 and 10, they had double meanings. And yeah. you really had to pay attention to what he was saying. But still very beautiful and still super powerful, and I'm going to miss it. I'm going to mm-hmm. miss it not being on and binging
0: i mean it's it's always like these are not our lives but you just find so many ways to create such a relatability or at least i do you know i'm like oh my god i've seen that or i've seen that issue with somebody else and it's that common denominator of like where you want to go with it with your creative endeavors Mm -hmm. but what are the roadblocks maybe you're putting I, i guess that's why at the end me realizing that the requiem told turns out it wasn't this big thing that rodrigo and people had interpreted i know in my life i've I've created stuff i'll be you know i've created oh my gosh this and all these problems and then lo and behold if i just go with this philosophy keep it simple stupid you know it might actually be something that can be given a second chance and you could just move all the way through so Gosh darn, this freaking show makes me feel good. Obviously, you too as well, Linda, I could tell. It's a
2: also, great show. There's something I've been like, trying to form, formulate uh, throughout <laughs> this uh, show as well. Um, gotcha. Okay. I, I, I kind of want to go into how, why uh, Rodrigo is one of the best conductors and one of the worst at the same time, in a sense. Okay, because uh, we all know he's great at symphonies. Like, he's great at conducting uh, symphonies and orchestras. But he's also really great at conducting everyone's lives. Um, in a sense, if it wasn't for Rodrigo, Haley would not have been where she is right now. As well with Thomas, if it wasn't for Rodrigo, he would not have been where he is as, as well. And also with Gloria. <laughs> so he kind of like wraps up everyone. Like whoever ha- didn't have direction, he, he in a sense gives them all direction as to where to go with their own, in a sense, uh, music of life. Mm-hmm. Um, Gloria is able to fire him. And she sees more promising uh, talents in Haley. I guess that's what's like, uh, you know, you can uh, you can infer from all that. Um, And Thomas, he 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 touched Thomas way back in the day when he knocked him out um, Mm -hmm. from the New York Symphony. And also Haley, she she, he was able to conduct her to be the best conductor that she could be, and and brought her up to be able to conduct the New York Symphony as well. And Can
0: you believe that? That is so fantastic. Yeah, he's to hear. Ca-
2: so he's like not only conducting orchestras, but he's conducting like people's lives in a in a sense that's so unconscious to himself as well. Well, he
0: presents yeah. an innocence about him on some some levels, and I think that might be one of the things that rubs off and pushes people in that way. Yeah, you know, because of his I his just demeanor. Think
1: that he he reads people well. I think that he knows what people need, and he knows when to push them and when to not push them, and that's. Part of his magic.
0: And now it's his time, possibly. And that's, that's, where, I, yeah,
2: that's where, it concludes, like, where I can draw the conclusion where he's the worst conductor of, of his own life. His own life. Yeah. Yes.
0: yeah, you're good for others, but meanwhile. Do um, we have time for news and gossip, uh, Mr. I just want to
1: do two things, Anthony. Yeah. Uh, I want to do the Lola Kirk. So we're going to be on hiatus till who knows when. So there's a couple of things to keep you going if you want to see Lola, Halili... Or Haley, I should say. Uh, can we pull up uh, her music video? Let
2: me just hit this drop. <laughs> After Buzz TV News. Oh,
0: well, now it's official.
1: <laughs> I love
0: it. Now it's the real news. All right, let's do this. Let's go. So
1: Lola has a debut album due later this year called... Uh, one of the songs is called Monster that will appear on it. And it's a song about wanting to fit into the world. And she shot this video while in... Japan filming in the day for Mozart and filming at night for her video and she filmed it with first time director Liz Koi who is also a writer on Mozart in the Jungle
2: so convenient mm.
0: <laughs> I love the sound can we turn it up a little to hear yeah. hear a smidge of this
1: love it. So, guys, if you love this, uh, starting in June, she will be touring with an Australian band called Middle Kids uh, as their opening act. And if you're in Los Angeles, they will be here June 26th at the Lodge Room.
0: Yay. I like the eclectic energy of that, that sound. It almost, almost takes me back to like a 90s feel in some way, too. Um, and she couldn't be a better person for, for this moment. And how about that, uh, maneuver a hit show and then also maximize your time by you know having your art be visually demonstrated in a music video um during your night shoots, you know, type thing. That's that's pretty cool. And probably what made the video so darn good, you know? Yeah. Did you have any other news and gossip, Linda? Uh
1: do we have time for this one? Oh yeah, go right ahead. Okay, so uh the Paola Prestini. You say it better. Say it Anthony.
2: Oh, me... Uh but... Paola Paola? Paola Prestini. Yeah, I love it. Uh,
1: Artistic director of the National Sadas. Uh, Her piece, Listen Quiet, which we're about to play, was performed during that chaotic party in which uh, Rodrigo gave away all of his stuff. And I just thought it was so beautiful to see it outside of the actual show or listen to it. So, really, if you close your eyes, you can picture the chaos. Mm. Music is so powerful. So so powerful. I love the
0: way it's interwoven into to this series, and uh, there's a lot of great performances also at that venue too. So that's oh, uh, this is you know very uh, credible in that way. That was great. I, I liked feeling that after we watched this series,
1: right? And then last but not least, uh, Carolyn Shaw, uh, the composer, violinist, and singer, mm-hmm. who we saw a few episodes earlier mm-hmm. in the season. She actually won a Pulitzer Prize in 2013, and the Song that she premiered on the show was actually a new piece. Oh, okay. Fun facts,
0: and it just ties so so, so together so well. You know, from the Lizzie saying you should try a female composer, and yep. what Haley did to to think outside the box, if you will, to go outside of her home and say we want your. P-. I mean, Ah, oh, just all of that bit of news like ties in so nicely, guys. What are your last thoughts of the series? Um, what, what just how are you? How are you left here in this moment, Linda so are you, or Anthony? So like
2: predictions?
0: Or um, well, I just wanted your general feelings of it, you know. But uh, we could do predictions, yeah. I'm there for predictions. Kick, kick the button, Anthony. There it is. And now you're after
2: Buzz TV predictions.
1: Are you going first, Anthony?
2: Uh, sh- with predictions? Yeah. Sure. Um, well, like I really want to see where uh Rodrigo is gonna go. Um, I love your prediction that you said earlier. Actually, uh, Linda. I, I was hoping you'd save it for this for right now. <laughs> but if you can ex- expand on it, that'd be great. Okay, I can. Um, but yeah, I w- I would love to go back to Mexico and see uh see Rodrigo just uh like I don't know I want to see him grow out like a huge like scraggly beard and just be all mountain manned out mm. and just be like teaching kids in Mexico and for some reason they have to go and get him back. I don't know why they just—they have to get him back to New York, and he's gonna like fight him, and it's gonna be like, no, we need you back here. Uh, maybe it's Haley that goes after him. Um, maybe we do a time jump, and we see Haley, and she's like a super awesome conductor on the same level as um, Rodrigo. That's exactly it. And maybe like Rodrigo is trying to make his way up, m- work his way up, or maybe just like working a new passion. Um, I want to see if Gloria actually hired Haley for the New York Symphony. I hope she did. I'm sure it's implied. <laughs> Um, I want to see where Betty and uh, Fugu, uh, Ooh, <laughs> if their relationship, because I love that actor ever since I saw him on Heroes. Heroes yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I want to see him. some more of him. He's a he's a great great dude. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got for the, for all that.
1: Yeah, I, I th- I'm just gonna jump off of that prediction as well. I think that what we're gonna see is uh, Rodrigo in Mexico, back to his roots, back to finding himself, and I think he is going to. Uh, teach that youth orchestra. I think he is going to grow out his hair, and he's going to reset and come back to one. And I think that uh, Haley's going to be amazing on uh, as the conductor of the New York Symphony. I think that she is going to be a superstar. And I think that somehow, some way, they're going to need to work together. And that's how their worlds are going to collide again. Yeah. But they'll both be at the same level, like both oh, amazing conductors. Yeah. And whatever piece it is, they have to work together so they go get Rodrigo to come back to New York or she comes and they film because, you know, they really like location filming for this show. Yeah. So, I wouldn't be surprised if they all went to Mexico again.
2: I think it'd be really funny if, uh, like, Haley gets her own assistant that's similar to, well, not similar to, it was similar to how she was to Rodrigo. Oh, yeah. But it's like a, a guy who looks like Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. I, I, think, I think it'd be hilarious. That'd be
1: hilarious.
0: And <laughs> hey, you make the mate. Um... Jeez, you guys, those are great predictions. How does one top that? But I, I would, I kind of do feel that would be fun to see a little bit of a jump, you know, cause we've seen so much in her journey. And so for us to jump into the next season, just as you know, the next day type thing, I kind of wouldn't mind a time jump. I think that would be really fun. I think that'd be exciting. I think that would open up our hearts to maybe how does she negotiate the success with her career, this thing that she's always wanted. And, you know, if, if we, which we all sort of feel that Rodrigo is going to go somewhere, specifically Mexico, but somewhere, um, you know, where, where does that leave Haley with relationship? You know, does she, does she feel lacking in some way? Does somebody come back into her life, you know, other men that she'd been involved with, you know? Mm. Or, or does that not even become an issue for her? Does she get on this one-track, uh, you know, plane ticket type thing where she just goes, 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 and is is this great, you know, conductor and and female at that, you know, which we haven't seen, and that's... Yeah, it could be really, really cool. So, shoot, the show could do whatever they want. I don't really care about my prediction because I am in it to win it and I want to watch uh, season five. So I don't really care. I'm d- I- I'm down for it. You're down for it, right?
1: I mean, obviously I love the show. Yeah. What do you guys think? Let us know in the comments. Let us know what you think uh, season five will be about.
0: Yeah. All right. I guess it's almost time for us to go. Um, my name is Linda Antwee. No, no. That's Linda Twee. I'm Ronnie, um, and I am at randomly RJ. Did you think that was cutesy at all? Did you like I it? it? was funny. Did you? You didn't chuckle though. I know
1: because I wasn't expecting it.
0: Oh come on! I we got next season. It. We gonna chuckle, Linda. Come <laughs> on. All right.
1: I am Linda Antwi, and you can reach me on social media at so Girly and Anthony.
0: How did you come up with that Instagram? First of all.
1: Oh, it's a long story. We don't have time for it.
0: Oh okay. Well, season five. There we go.
2: Yep. I, I actually left my. A off <laughs> I was like dude you messed up
0: like, <laughs> like I'm reading a cue card I was like what'd you do oh yeah.
2: my god uh, yeah my name is Anthony Becerra you can find me everywhere at Tony B Tony underscore T-O-N-Y B-T-O-N-Y underscore love do it you,
0: do you have any other uh, comments for like the viewership and the fan, uh, people online and stuff
1: watch it you guys I know that that uh it's a hidden gem, but you'll love it. That's and then what. Watch our after show.
0: Word. I was gonna say that. It's like pass this on because I always have a struggle with trying to tell people how great this show is. So yeah. I just I feel like because people love consuming uh, shows and binge, let's get people to learn that like anybody who has a dream, whether it's like becoming you know working in investing or, or, or you know whatever your job is or being a great mother. Those principles will tie into this show. All right, Anthony, I guess we got to go, huh? <laughs> All right. Bye, bye everybody. Guys. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com.